day. My name is Jürgen Steinmetz. I'm with Etobo News here in Honolulu, Hawaii. Today, we will be joined by His Excellency Ambassador Junix Precious Kalan. He's joining us actually from Freetown in Sierra Leone and has been a frequent contributor to our content from that part of the world. Sierra Leone has been very outspoken, has been very visible when it uh, comes to travel and tourism before Corona broke out. And um, it is logical uh, with everything else happening in any part of the world that we haven't heard from Sierra Leone recently. So I was very pleased to see um, a precious on my WhatsApp earlier today, and I thought we can do an update, and he's ready to do this. Welcome to the show, and we'll get back to you after this message. Okay, so good morning. So why don't you let us know first um, who you are and where you are, and um, so people know my name who is, they're talking. Uh, my name is Junisa Calon. I'm from Freetown, Sierra Leone, the capital city. And um, I'm, I'm having a quiet um, Zoom conversation with you on the 8th day of August 2020 at around um, 9.40 p.m. Freetown time. Uh, it's, it's quite the privilege to have um, a discussion with you, Thomas. Uh, it's been quite um, disturbing out here for us as citizens and as a country because um, of the COVID-19 pandemic. Businesses... Um, were challenged, so many businesses closed down, some are tentatively trying to get back on their feet. Um, my company being one of such companies, which actually had a, a, a serious impact due to the COVID-19 pandemic, it, 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 is, it, was, um, it is still um, a very traumatizing experience because we lost lives, we have lost good people in the process of fighting this um, contagious pandemic. And we are, of course, trying our level best to adhere to the respective um, health agencies and uh, government apparatus, as well as um, practices which have been given to us, which is now becoming slowly the new norm. Facial masks before going out, washing of hands, um, checking of temperatures, doing tests regularly as often as possible, um, especially if you're visiting sites where there are possible exposure or, or, or there is an expectation of um, contingency in terms of con um, congestion of people. So all of these are things which has um, been a worrisome factor. People, businesses closed down. The president, in his um, wisdom, has tried his level best to stabilize the economy. Uh, it's still tough and rough that I can tell you for free. It's rough out here. The economy is, um, is, is going from a little bit from 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 worse to a bit better because it was actually worse because we, we had the dollar rates going up recently i can tell you commodities are flying high the cost of even commodities like as such as small as pepper is costing us thousands you know seven thousand for just a cup which is quite huge something that you can procure for about a thousand leones or uh, or less or so to say two thousand leones now you say we are buying it at around seven thousand and that is something quite unheard of, you know, and, and it's it's very, very, very worrisome. The airlines, of course, were closed down. We are only having some few airlines coming in now. Some people were uh, repatriated back to the States, um, the United Kingdom and some other parts, and some other citizens from other parts of the world who were Syrians like Qatar, um, UAE, 
were also uh, repatriated back to Sierra Leone. So it was it was quite a challenging process. The government, um, through some of its donor partners, tried to subsidize some of the funding to see how we can aid the situation. But as it still stands, there's still a whole lot to be done. We had the um, regional exams, which are international exams, taken at certain classes, like the MPSC, which is taken at grade six, which um, is an exam which you have to take for you to be able to go into high school or secondary school. It was quite hectic, but it was successfully done. We had some incidents where a boy lost his sister. He was on a motorcycle on his way to taking his exams, and then they went into a car crash. The sister that was accompanying him lost um, her life, um, but the boy was seriously yeah. injured, but they had to take him to the hospital. I'm gonna show you the pictures later on. I'm gonna send them to your WhatsApp. The boy had to, had to be rushed to the hospital. They had to give him some first aid and some bandages. He had to go back to the examination hall because it's a one-time thing. If he, he wasn't able to sit that exam on that particular day, which is a one-day exam, he has to sit a whole year for him to wait for another opportunity. So these are all circumstances. And, and there, of course, there's been some um, recent uprising up north where in some youth, well, they had some disturbance with the government wherein the government had to move tentatively um, the electricity supply, which is a, a reserve plant generator, to the Lungi Axis, the local, the Lungi Airport area, just to see how we can supply electricity to the Lungi Airport and the Lungi community since the president um, gave um, instructions for the opening and commencement of the airports and flights in, 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 uh, in, in July. So some people couldn't understand the information. Some people took to the streets and then there was um, bloodshed, you know, gunshots and uh, between civilians and security apparatus. Some citizens were, of course, way out of line. They went out in the streets, burning tires, um, teasing security apparatus, giving some amount of unrest. And the president has given a firm warning before now that any of such activities will be frowned upon and the government, I quote, will hit hard and even harder on anyone found wanting of any of such activities. So it has been quite, quite hectic. I've been back and forth within the provinces and in Freetown. There's been some discovery in terms of tourism. Um, there was a, an, a recent waterfall which was discovered. It has been there, but it has only become a touristic site recently when people took to board of the already preconditions of staying at home and all the rest. And the Minister of Tourism, Madam Emilia Pratt, has been quite, quite active in that area of trying to see how she can put one or two modalities and resources in place. And uh, she went to the place, did some site visitation, encouraged national tourism to see how we can promote that location and also see how people can adhere to also the COVID-19 regulations since the president is saying there shouldn't be social gathering. But people are trying to level best. On the Sundays, you want to see the beaches massive, the restaurants, all the spots, you know, people are going there on weekends because they're tired. You know, people lost their jobs. Some people are frustrated. Some people lost family members. Like me, I'm bankrupt. Some people become bankrupt. Some companies have to close down. You know, some people sold their businesses and left the country. Some could not even sell because there was no one there to buy. Some people already before the the the, the intensity of COVID-19 were already into some major business transactions, which collapsed virtue of the fact that COVID-19 shut down all international transactions and businesses across the globe with limitation of traveling, cancellation of certain activities. You know, it, it, it was quite a huge blow. I was even scheduled to be in, in, in Dubai for the, um, the annual investment meeting held by the Dubai government. All of that, my ticket was bought 
reservation, everything was paid for. The son that was expected to fly out, that's the time um, I got an, a memo from the government office, um, the Dubai Foreign Ministry, that they're no longer allowing flights to come through into Dubai airspace. And all of that had to go to waste, the ticket money, everything, preparations, project that were put in place for me to go out and lobby on behalf of the country because that's basically the, the reason why some of us are traveling to some of these high-level events and try to see how we can um, complement government and the tourism sector and all the sectors which are interested, which are um, attractive for investment. So recently, again, I, I'm trying my best. I got back to um, my, my contacts and there was this platform called World Business and Angel Investment Forum. WUBAF, it's, uh, it's, it's organized and coordinated by a well-renowned entrepreneur based in Turkey, Mr. Baiba Altuntas, perhaps, perhaps you might have heard of him. So he recently took it upon himself after scrutinizing and assessing my and evaluating my application. I was appointed as country partner or international partner for Sierra Leone to the World um, Business and Angel Investment Forum. And I'm, I'm scheduled to be in Turkey in February for the next annual Congress. And, and these are things we're trying to see how we can put together initiatives, proposals, concepts, and plans for startup initiatives, business opportunities, promoting private sectoral invest, foreign direct investment, especially in the tourism sector and other sectors which can be of um, immense economic growth to the stagnant economic crisis that my company and the business in which I find myself are in, as well as the government itself. So these are all factors we are trying our level best to see how we can handle in due time. But yes, not to belabor the point, not to belabor the point, uh, I want to commend the government of Sierra Leone. They have done quite immensely well to combat the, the, the coronavirus because there's, there's been, initially the president cut off all migration internally and externally. That was quite disturbing to people. Uh, later on, when things were getting out, um, when the situation was, coming down and there, there's been some reduction in, in, the, in the rising death rates as well as the infectious rates. People, inter-district inter um, movements were allowed tentatively. Movement of goods and commodities were also allowed. Um, the president recently removed the, one of the old libel or criminal libel laws or laws that were affecting journalism in the country, free journalism. And these are things that he, of course, I can see, I commend him for regardless of all the circumstances in which we find ourselves. Now he has opened the airport. Uh, soon we're expecting flights to be coming in. Also, I've been talking to some companies in the UK to come through and also I was very much opportune to have you again here today to see how we can discuss some of the way forward for us to have Sierra Leone back on the map in terms of tourism, in terms of um, business, in terms of having a reboot with the with the sector and also not forgetting our already planned um, proposition which we had from you and uh, Mr. Peter Taulu prior to the initial visit of um, Mr. Natalie Taulu, a representative from your company and also to see how we can pick up discussions from that angle and see how we can have you here, God willing, after the COVID-19 and then having the lift, the band lifted from your country, the United States, or wherever you are, to fly down to Sierra Leone and see how we can we can do one or two things concrete towards social, economic um, empowerment and sustainable development in our sectors, respectively. So thank you for this brief attention. No, no. Listening to There's I, a lot. There's a lot. Of, I want to hear now from you. So I just let me just try to summarize <laughs> and hear from you and hear what you have. To say. No, no, it was uh, uh, quite interesting, and I'm I'm so sorry for the situation you're going through. I think the entire world is 
faced by an enormous evil and by a common enemy, what is COVID. I can tell you in, in my own region in Hawaii, we have a record outbreak, what was never expected. We're going through it right as we speak now, a little bit of a delay. So I, we have people dying, we have people getting sick. And uh, it is, it is it's something I think we're all facing and we're all fighting and uh, we all have to go through. Um, I'm, I'm very happy, however, to see you, that you're active. And um, I know you've always impressed me in a lot of ways of, um, as, as a person who's looking forward, who is planning, who is not giving up. And uh, I think you're a great leader uh, and a great um, ambassador for your country. And, um, and this uh, program in Turkey sounds, sounds quite exciting. And um, I'm also very happy that my uh, friend, the uh, Honorable Minister Pratt is doing well and is uh, looking out of the box for opportunities. She's always known as looking out of the box. And um, sure. um, I remember uh, our article we did at Etobo News about the Hawaii of um, West Africa, what is Sierra Leone. And you see in the background here, my picture that is um, one of our beaches here on the North Shore where I lived actually 25 years. And it's kind of my home. Okay. So I, you can see it's, maybe it's familiar a little bit from the fauna, how beaches could be in Sierra Leone. I don't know, I've never been to your country. Uh, but uh, what I'm saying is we're going to look at bright days in the future. We just have to get there and we have to maneuver through a big storm right now. And, and, and hopefully uh, with people like you um, and uh, with the president, I understand who understands the challenges, this is possible. But um, sure. just a, a few questions. When I look at, and of course I can also speak for as an executive board member for the African Tourism Board, and um, I'm, I'm sure and we have mentioned uh, Sierra Leone in a lot of the discussions. I attend the discussion every Friday, even though I step back out of the inter-African policies. It's not, I'm not African. Uh, but we're trying to help. And I know that uh, my, uh, our chairman, um, Cuthbert Nikubi, is quite concerned about the situation also in Sierra Leone. Now, but before for our listeners here, because we're now wearing different hats and we're talking about different issues, I wanted to explain real quick, and you can help me if, if I'm incorrect, where Sierra Leone is, uh, because a lot of our readers are in everywhere in the world. Um, we have readers in almost 200 countries, and some may not actually know where Sierra Leone is. Uh, Sierra Leone, from what I understand, is in, in West Africa. Um, it's, um, it's, it's, it's a country of about 8 million, I see here 7.952 million people. So it's not a, a, a small uh, population. And it's a very beautiful country and progressive countries and a virgin countries when it comes to the travel and tourism industry with a very active approach by a minister, uh, Pratt, who has been going out around the world in Sierra Leone in before COVID times has been seen at almost all the major trade shows in the world. She's been seen in New York and uh, in Frankfurt and Berlin. And, and everywhere. So Sierra, Sierra Leone was on the forefront of a new emerging tourism market um, in West Africa. Maybe besides, uh, we can go back to COVID in a minute, but maybe on a more positive space, you can tell us just a few words about uh, Sierra Leone and, um, and, and why this country in normal times is so attractive for tourism. Yes, um, thank you very much. Um, for those who may not know Sierra Leone, 
I would like to say is the Republic of Sierra Leone is a country located on the west coast of West Africa. It is bordered by the Liberia on the southeast and Guinea on the northeast. And Sierra Leone, of course, is a tropical climate with diverse environmental and uh, savanna grassland. We have, of course, a total land area of about 71,740 kilometers and 27,690-something 27, um, square kilo miles. Of course, our population has increased um, since 2019. Uh, we're looking at about um, 7 million, roughly, in, in terms of estimation. We are, of course, very resilient in terms of combating the COVID-19, and uh, we are grateful for the government of Sierra Leone, which is under the leadership of His Excellency Retired Brigadier Julius Madabio and uh, Honorable Tourism Minister, uh, Madam Memna Toprat, who, of course, along all the cabinet ministers and the entire government of Sierra Leone are trying shoulders to the wheel to see how we can combat, first off, our number one um, enemy, which is the COVID-19, and then progress into improving the socioeconomic status of the country. But not to belabor the point, the aspect of us improving this was shown with recent trends in terms of making the airport accessible and open for business. And uh, we're trying to see how we can tap into one or two international global platforms and, and resource mobilization um, networks wherein we can pitch the Sierra Leone story, the story of us rebranding, the story of us trying to get our feet off the ground, the story of us getting back to the glory which we are once known for, the Athens of West Africa, the country which is going to be not only known for the diamonds and gold, but also a tourist attracted site wherein you can come at any given point in time. Initially, the president made some moves in terms of giving the visa on arrival concession and also some other latitudinal um, amenities were granted to foreigners who are interested to come to the country for some basis to see. And of course, it is in our line of work as a company, junior investment company, as a, a city member of um, the African Tourism Board to see how we can rally around interested persons to come to Sierra Leone through tours. And uh, we're going to be organizing such activities in the coming December season and the Christmas season, festivity season. God willing, COVID-19 being combated and other international airports are open for business. We can see how we can create one or two platforms for people to come through and see how we can attract, I mean, enjoy the, the, the beauties and the, the, the attractiveness of our touristic attributes, which we have as a country and which we portray, which are naturally blessed. We have the beaches, we have the islands. The president, of course, in his um, manifesto, we're looking at how we can expand on touristic investment in terms of real estate, tourism in real estate intertwined, and having um, hotels and, and resorts being established on some of these islands. And uh, there are going to be concession in terms of lease agreements and possible sales if and when the investors and, and partners in development come together, how we can reboot some of these touristic sites. We have the Bonds Island or Van Island, these islands which have immense historic value to the country itself and to the um, Caribbean region where we have this free slave trade, so on and so forth. So we want to see how we can put um, heads together with partners in development, investors specifically, people in the private sector, to come to the country, look at the opportunities that are of course available for them to look how best they can put 
in one or two resources, either capital-wise or non-capital uh, initiatives that we can have together, plan, and then see how we can have an approach towards implementing it. Because more or less, resource, resource mobilization is one phase, but then the implementation phase also is another, which can, of course, lead to the sustainable profitability of what we're looking towards or working towards. So in terms of tourism, there are so many uh, opportunities. Recently, the First Lady, Her Excellency, Madam Fatima Biyo, had a meeting with His Excellency, the President, and the Honorable Minister, along with um, members of the entertainment industry in the country, where uh, they had a discussion, a dialogue, as to what should be the long-term, the short-term, and immediate-term goals that can be achieved. And the President, of course, made a statement and a proclamation wherein we're looking at opening um, a mega amphitheater facility which can also complement tourism in that area and see how we can have an enabling environment for our local artists and local um, entertainers to see how we can promote them internationally in so many activities across the world through festivities through performances through the usage of the amphitheater which is going to be established and, and constructed by government for um multi or mega capacities wherein they can do shows and other activities which is something we don't have we are mainly using the national stadium for all of these large activities either church mosque or entertainment wise we go to the national stadium which is about 20,000 or less capacities in capacities and we have of course the 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 main bowl the other areas where people can just stand by and look at and get a glimpse of whatever they are trying to entertain themselves with as a company, we have also put a project proposal together to establish um, uh, a phone house, a uh, infrastructural property wherein we can have a varieties, varieties of um, phone equipment which can be used to entertain people like the Spheres Meal, uh, more or less. We have the Victoria Park, which was done in honor of Her Majesty the Queen and which is under the patronage of Her Majesty the Queen. Uh, but of course, it is a small facility which mainly cater for kids, but we're looking at beyond kids, we're having adults incorporated in, in some of these funfair activities. So we want to look at an infrastructural setting wherein we have a funfair setup, wherein if it's the land are available, the government is giving us the land. All we need is um, a private sector uh, house or financial house which can sponsor the project itself and then come to Sierra Leone and see discussions with the government and see how it can kick off. That is also in light of promoting tourism in the Republic of Sierra Leone. So these are opportunities which are available. We have um, the movie and or the, the movie industry itself is, of course, taking another length, wherein we have international collaborations between West Africa and America and Asia, some part of Asia. So there's been some mix in movie acting with our productions, local production houses here. So there are some international production houses based in the States and some in Nigeria and Ghana, trying to see how we can promote the Sierra Leone story or some stories related to Sierra Leone and see how we can push forward entertainment and tourism in the Republic of Sierra Leone. Again, we have the hotel business, which is also another very, very important business. The beachfront, as I remember, I had discussions with you the last time, uh, our company was trying to see how we can set up a beach bar, restaurant, and a clubhouse along the Abadin Lombly Beach axis. We had discussions with um, the owner of the property in question, the land. Uh, all we were to see how was to see how we can have a negotiation in terms of having uh, come to a 
conclusion as to making a purchase for a post facility wherein you have a restaurant, you have a club, you have a beach bar, it's up and a hotel facility. It's a vast land sitting um as you said the beach, the Atlantic Beach, it's called um it's formerly called Atlantic Beach Bar, but due to the fact that um, the owners had to close shop and they had to fly back to the United Kingdom um due to one or two reasons best known to them, the property has been available for sale and uh it's under the managerialship of a, um, a law firm, which we have had discussions with. So all of these are opportunities that are very, very much lucrative within the tourism sector. Not to talk of the other sectors wherein we have the oil and gas exploration field, wherein the president recently signed six oil companies, giving them some oil blocks along the West Coast line of our seabed to do exploration, offshore exploration. We have also concession of mining operation, which is soon to be operational because the president had to recently reshuffle some members of the cabinet. And we see how he's very versatile and I give him kudos for that. Some of the age brackets of his appointees are within the age bracket of 30 to 20s, mid, late 20s to 30s. And we see all of these are youths that he has, he has given ministerial position. People with, he's trusting with, with huge responsibility within his cabinet. So this is something I'm very, very, very proud of. I'm very, very optimistic about. And uh, I, I commend him on, on his behalf and on behalf of the government here. And I want to commend the House of Parliament um, for, their, for their time taken in, in looking at some of the laws and regulations which are guiding touristic activities and try to see how we can regulate some of the Akeri clause in the House of Parliament and within our constitution or within our laws to see how we can revive tourism in our country. So yes, in a nutshell, yeah. basically, these are some of the highlights I can give in terms of attracted yeah. business opportunities for foreign direct investment within the tourism sector, which are opportunities listeners or viewers can look at in terms of coming to Sierra Leone, putting money and also having intense consultation with us as a company and in line with the Ministry of Tourism and the government of Sierra Leone. Yeah, and we will certainly uh, link to your, uh, later on by WhatsApp, uh, send me uh, the links to your company, uh, spell out your name so I don't mess up uh, putting your name correctly. And uh, we will definitely share this with everyone um, because it really, listening to you, and this is not the first time I'm listening to you, um, again and again, uh, you hear about Sierra Leone and it seems to be a place really that is ready, willing and able to, um, uh, for investors. And uh, now it's the time to invest because the economy obviously is down. We're all suffering um, under Corona and we're all rebuilding this tourism industry. And uh, there is an opportunity to rebuild it. Um, and uh, um, so that's definitely something. I have just two more um, subjects, uh, uh, just small uh, feedback I would love to get from you. We have been talking with Dr. Taleb Riffey uh, recently on our Rebuilding.Travel platform. I urge you to be, become part of uh, Rebuilding.Travel. We have our next session actually on Tuesday about the Seychelles. Um, and we have also Tuesday another session in opposite time about the Middle East. And it's a good uh, communication, by the way. You just find it online at rebuilding.travel. Click on upcoming events and you can easily sign up. But uh, what I'm saying is one of the big discussion points we had um, also with a gentleman from Tanzania, from Mafia Island in Zanzibar. But it's, it's, it's in Tanzania, but it's close to Zanzibar. Um, and uh, in regards to domestic and regional tourism. Um, what are the opportunities, if any, is there regional tourism 
um, in in Sierra Leone, that means for domestic tourism or for the region itself, what is easier to build uh, immediately because on, on the medium term, you're looking at international tourism, but to be uh, really right up front, people are not right now, uh, for the most part, maybe considering traveling long distance yet. That may be a few months away, but immediately, is there an opportunity for uh, local tourism in your region? Yes, there is an intense opportunity in that sector and in that area, sorry. Um, of course, with regards to Nash, um, local tourism, I can tell you for free, the Sierra Leonean populace are showing love. Right now it's rain season, so it's, it, it pours down heavily. And people make it the priority to, I, I will do a video probably later on this week and show you how exotic the beach can be on a Friday, on a Saturday, and on a Sunday evening. These three days and on Wednesday night sometimes, the, the beaches are filled up. Some of the beach bars are intensely occupied. People go out there and relax themselves with friends and families, especially when it comes to the end of the month. But with regards to regional tourism, we have people, of course, moving in between Sierra Leone and the ECOWAS region um, to, to, to do one or two touristic activities. However, I can say mainly we are into national, I mean, local as well as international. With regional, we have in some cases, if there are activities, for instance, uh, our company is putting together an initiative to host a fiesta uh, come November, first week December, which is precisely from the fourth to the sixth. We want to see how we can captivate the regional as well as international platforms to come to Sierra Leone and explore our national enrichment and, and our natural, national entertainment for a change and also have a little bit of um, regional as well as international just to complement the, the, the atmosphere of people who are coming through to participate. God willing, we have the, the, the pandemic being handled in due, in due course. So with regards last year before the intense COVID-19 pandemic, there was a festival held in Ghana, the African, the All Nations Africa Festival, which was of course an initiative um, derived by some private sector establishment, but pushed by His Excellency, the President of Ghana. He, in fact, has already signed a five-year contract consecutively to implement and execute this particular festival in Accra. This is, in a way, to improve on the touristic activities and the touristic impact um, of, of his country's um, tourism sector, economically, as well as um, um, socially, getting people to come to Accra for little or less and then entertain themselves within the short period of time so they can go and come back later on at their own at their own willing or at their own time back and call which is quite comfortable for them because some people come usually through for some of this festival for relaxation entertainment and and, and the sort but based on what they might explore during the course of stay based on what they might explore, what they come across, the opportunities that they may see, they might be tempted to come back to the Republic of Ghana to see what other opportunities that they can put monies or the resources into that may be profitable to them. So His Excellency, the, the President of Ghana, um, he was quite thrilled by the, the outburst of tourism in, in late December, where people flew from Sierra Leone after uh, participating in several festivities and activities here. So many of us went to Accra and saw some of the, 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 the outburst of love for tourism. People from Europe, the majority of the Westerners were from Europe. We have a junk of Europeans coming through the United States, the Caribbeans. People came through for the All Nations um, 
African Festival. So we realize that these are opportunities which can integrate regional tourism. And this is something we want to replicate at um, our level come December, based on the fact that um, we have COVID-19 gone for good. And uh, we have, um, of course, the best in the government through the Honourable Minister and the government of Sierra Leone. So we want to see how we can promote regional tourism in this kind of way through some of these activities. Again, we have touristic activities and packages that we put together wherein people from Accra, Cote d'Ivoire, Senegal, mainly they come to Sierra Leone through trade, purchasing of some of our local commodities. They explore some of these opportunities. In the December period, um, there's what we call the Tangus Festival, wherein people come from West Africa to come to Sierra Leone for a month period. They sell their goods at National Stadium day and night for a month. It's a festivity of food, clothing, and culture. People sell their materials, their commodities, and services. And people have a wonderful time. Our company was opportune in 2017, 2018 to host um, our restaurant as a trial phase at National Stadium called Chef Junino. And we were quite um, quite successful with that initiative. So we, we're, we discovered that we're not only there, we were there for restaurants in business while others were there for selling off other local commodities as in clothing materials. Um, some were there for exportation purposes, promoting of banking services, et cetera, et cetera. So you have a variety of so many opportunities at your beck and call in one small location, but you are well informed and you were well abreast with some of the opportunities that may going to be available to you as a tourist, um, as, 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 a, as a tourist or as someone who's looking at um, an opportunity to explore on your investment portfolio, et cetera, et cetera. But uh, with regards to regional tourism, there are immense opportunity. And I must assure you that, of course, that is going to continue because it has been going for some time now through some of the Tangus Festival and other sociocultural activities that we have been putting together with support from the government of Sierra Leone to the Ministry of Tourism and other partners in development in the tourism sector. Well, thank you very thank you very much. And uh, we're, we're now a little bit over our time we usually have for these podcasts, but it's so interesting to talk to you. So I don't want to, there's a, one last factor, and this is really just coming back to reality a little bit, um, to the current reality. I'm not saying that you're not talking about reality. You're very much talking about reality, but we're now at um, COVID-19, uh, the COVID-19 situation. And there has been a lot of uh, reports from all parts in the world um, that testing is a big issue. And when I'm looking at the numbers at Sierra Leone, um, I don't see any data on how many people are actually getting tested. And that may explain, and you, you may correct me here, that numbers are, seem to be a little bit lower on the official side than they could possibly be in reality. Right now, as of yesterday, I can tell you, according to um, Worldometer, um, Sierra Leone had 1,887 cases of COVID-19 altogether since the outbreak, and it had 10 increase um, yesterday. It had a total people passing away of 68 with, one in, with only one person increase yesterday. Total recovered, and this is really an important number, are 1,435, but only gives the country a recorded 384 people right now infected by COVID, what is a very low number. If you compare this to um, the numbers 
per 1 million, what is really an international comparison, because it's not the numbers, it depends on many people live in the country. Uh, we have 236 per 1 million infected, what again is extremely low. And we had nine people out of a million that passed away, what is also a very, very low number. And you're looking at a population, according to this, of 7,992,613. Um, now, looking at these official numbers and looking what you can see in Sierra Leone, uh, there must be an unknown part like it is in all parts of the world, even here in Hawaii, because of a lack of testing. How, how do you evaluate the real situation in Sierra Leone? It's quite disheartening to say. However, <clears throat> I must first off say your statistics are quite in, 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 in intact, but I must belabor the point that um, in terms of testing, the government of Sierra Leone is quite strict beyond and even beyond the comfortability of certain travelers and, and, and locals or nationals who are in the country. Um, recently, there was an incident at the National at the Lunga Airport where people were challenged with testing kits, and the, the rumors went abroad and far and wide that um, there are challenges with regards to that. I must say, yes, there are some minor challenges. However, based on reports said by the Director General of the Civil Aviation Authority, who of course speaks volume in terms of um, traveling and giving clearance to aviation and businesses in the country. That has not been really the case. Testing kits are available, and some of these testing kits were made severely. So there are vision tools which are not motorable or which are dilapidated and far behind in terms of development. We are, of course, having strange measures which were taken before now in terms of cutting off um, major inter-district or local migration within these people and other people coming from areas which are affected. Um, speaking with regards to that, the president had to close down the borders governing the Republic of Salim by Liberia and Guinea because we realized that some of the ways in which some of these things were moving very, very fast initially as the COVID-19 rates were quite miserable and, and very, very unheard of, was because people who were affected were moving from one location to another. So the, 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 the containment of movement of people was one of the fastest and most effective cases and creating more isolation centers in some of the district areas. I cannot speak for local villages to have con um, um, isolation centers, but there are certain districts which had, uh, which are already set up with um, facilities. And it is in this regard, again, the government is appealing to developmental partners and people like the World Banks and other people who are wishing well for the people's safety of the Republic of Syria to see how we can come join hand with the authorities and improve on the medical services. Because in as much as we're fighting COVID-19, we're not only having a challenge with the COVID-19, we are also scared about the common cold, which is also a, pan, um, a, common, a common flu that of course goes around in the rainy season. We have diarrhea, we have um, malaria, we have typhoid to look at, which are all having signs and symptoms to that of COVID-19. So 
these again are factors which we're also looking at as, as partners in development to see how we can support members uh, in the health sector to see how we can combat the COVID-19 pandemic as a, as a nation and uh, see how we can come to terms in terms of reducing these unheard statistics because some of these are of course very very pathetic and uh, I can I'm going to be sharing the link with you wherein the spokesperson who is in person of the deputy His Excellency Mr. Solomon Jammer who's deputy minister of foreign affairs and also a spokesperson for the COVID-19 office um, he of course on daily basis daily basis gives report uh, I'm going to be sharing the link with you via WhatsApp Today, as of today, the 8th of August, we have 1,895 um, cumulative confirmed positive cases. And uh, we have about 68 death active cases. Eighth, we have numbers discharged today, 9,939. Some of the reasons why you have some of these numbers is because some of the people who are, of course, initially quarantined, who are coming into the country initially uh, through the British, I mean, Air France and some of the airlines that came in with some, um, with some citizens and some foreigners who are, of course, here for some business. We're trying to see how we can stay with the already existing medical and precautionary measures which were given to us as citizens at the airport. Whether you're coming in or you're leaving, there are certain measures that you have to go through certain protocols that you have to adhere to. And if you do not adhere to this, if you're coming through, they're going to tell you to go back to the plane and fly out of the country. If you are leaving, they're going to tell you, you cannot leave the airport until you go through some of these processes. And with regards to testing kits materials, of course, there are still lapses in between management as well as um, implementation of uh, some of the processes because we are all, all humans. However, I must say at an overall, at an overall operational mandate, the um, COVAC office has been quite, quite effective. Um, there have been outreaches, there has been sensation programs and, and initiatives put out by the, the Ministry of Health in partnership with um, the office responsible to handle COVID-19, uh, that is um, NACOVAD, and the daily updates, live streaming on Facebook by the spokesperson, along with some other medical and uh, professional practitioners who are tasked daily to give the people of Sierra Leone and the rest of the world reports as to what exactly is the situation. There, of course, did not go according to plan because um, one or two, one or two. One or two things might happen in between, especially in terms of traveling, in terms of movement of people in between the country from the provinces to the city, and uh, telling people to go on regular check for them to know whether they are, of course, safe or not. So these are all factors we are going to be looking at in the coming months. But realistically, we're trying to level best to bring the number to a minimum. And it's because it is to some point at a minimum, that is why the president made some of the strides which he did to open the airports, um, tell people to, to see how we can get back to business, create some um, incentive initiative through the Ministry of Trade for SMEs. And the World Bank gave some huge sum of money, which was distributed um, to petty traders in marketplaces to see how they can help their business because people virtually collapsed business-wise. So these are all factors. And some of these also impacted to some of the accumulated cases of COVID-19 patients in the sense wherein 
some of these people were medically challenged. They were stressed. So if they have to be quarantined or had to be tested and uh, put on a medical observation due to one or two medical reasons, which, are, which has been proven beyond a reasonable doubt now after um, another series of tests given to them, that they are free of COVID-19 and they can go back to their homes. Yes, these are circumstances in which we, as a, as a country, are making strives collectively with the government to see how we can put the numbers down and further down to see how we can help ourselves to go further. However, I must say, yes, there are challenges. I am going to categorically say there are still challenges. There are still hiccups within the process of implementing, executing um, the test kits and going about the processes. There are still some narrow escape routes where some people who think because they're in high offices of government, they, won't, they don't, don't want to go through some of the, 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 the steps and protocols, but in some cases, wherein there are military personnel, they are emphasis in young man or madam or mister, if you cannot adhere to the set rules and regulations, we're sorry, you're going to pay a fine or face long time in jail. Recently, there was um, a rampant check in the streets of Freetown. If you're not with your face masks on, they will load you onto a police truck and carry to a police station and you pay a fine of 100,000 leons. So people took this thing serious. The borderlines, the districts and, 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 and interprovincial regions, um, checkpoints, are intense um, because of tourism and have allowing businesses to boom at night in terms of the beach and the bar. The president had to allow coffee because there's still coffee from 8 p from 11 p.m. Freetown time till 5 a.m. in the morning. It's it's a lockdown. The whole country is on lockdown. Nobody's going out unless your security apparatus task with patrolling and surveillance. But every other citizen from the president down to Lisman is expected to be indoors from five in the morning till 11 or so to say 10.30 or 10.59 or 58 in the evening. People are challenged, people are tasked to go out. They're free. They can move in between the, the city and they can travel to up, up country and do business and to conduct transactions in between those hours. So these were only reachable on the base that there has been reduction in the accumulating numbers which we had initially there were accumulating numbers and uh, there's still numbers in between certain areas so i'm going to share with you for further clarity and for you to be up to date and for you to update our viewers and listeners um <clears throat> what are the actual statistics which are actual figures by the ministry of information in collaboration with the Minister of Health and the NACOVAC office and see what they can derive from this information. No, and I, I know uh, firsthand that we had reported about it when this epidemic just started. Uh, Sierra Leone was one of the first countries that did not allow uh, people to deplane uh, with symptoms and actually send people on and back to Ethiopia. I know we did a story on an Ethiopian Airlines flight a while ago. So Ethiopia seems to be quite educated. Uh, people know what they're doing and they understand how to behave um, during these times to minimize the spread of the virus. And the numbers um, speak for itself. I mean, if you look um, just at Belgium, for example, there are unfortunately 850 people died out of a million. In the United States here, we had 495 people died out of a million. And there's Sierra Leone with only nine people. And that speaks for itself. I have to say, uh, this was a very um, interesting session and I really appreciate your availability. 
um, to be here sporadically and, and take your time. I know it uh, must be like uh, almost 11 o'clock in, in the evening in Sierra Leone, so you, uh, you're getting close to your curfew, so you can go to sleep. And, um, uh, oh, no, I think it's okay. Um, it, it's been quite a pleasure as myself for me to have this opportunity to have a discussion with you and for me to, of course, express myself to the rest of the world, the African Tourism Board, that, of course, we are ready for business. We are trying to learn. We're a resilient nation. We are not going to give up to the fight of COVID-19. We're going to do our best to champion the cause and be one of the remarkable nations within ECOWAS to see how we can combat COVID-19. There are still challenges. We still need help. We still need support from international partners to see how we can come together and eradicate this disease. And my heartfelt condolences to those of our compatriots and partners in other countries like the States, as you have rightfully mentioned, who have lost their lives um, to this horrible disease um, and pandemic. And I'm very, very sorry for your loss as well for those who are close to you back in the States who have lost their lives as in the thousands. And, and we are seeing some of this in the news. Um, the Ethiopia community. Uh, recently, we, we had of, um, an, an, an unexpected explosion in Lebanon. And we, I want to say my heartfelt condolences to the Lebanese and the Lebanese communities locally as well as internationally and to the Lebanese community at the African Tourism Board. So I want to say, of course, we are very, very resilient and we, we want to see how we can come together and join hands with players in the world to see how we can combat COVID-19. So thank you very much, Mr. Thomas. I'm very, very, very much welcome to this anytime. And I look forward to joining you in the other podcast and other opportunities that you want to make available, available to my attention for necessary contribution and discussions in the coming yeah. weeks and coming days. No, thank you. Thank you so much. And hopefully um, you, st you, stay, you, you should stay healthy. Uh, all the best to your family and to your friends and uh, to those that we know, like your honorable minister, give her my best regards. And um, we're hoping uh, to talk to you again very soon. And I'm looking forward to the additional information you're going to send by uh, WhatsApp. And uh, we talk to you soon. Aloha from Hawaii and uh, good evening to you in Sierra Leone. Well, I will tell you in, in our look at that, I will say, kushe, kushe. thank you, thank you for getting with me and good night to yourself. Thank you. <laughs>